Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash guardiansmh. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. MH podcast. I'm Alex, also known as Sentinel Dad, and with me this week is, as always, Dr. Goku, Average Joe, and the prodigal son has returned. That's you, Dave. What's up, brother? Hey, so hey, glad to have you. Hey. Back, everybody. Welcome back. It's good to be back. Welcome back. I'm glad you're not kidnapped. I was. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you say I was? <laughs> awesome. Well, technically, uh, voluntary kidnap. I have to work. Oh, you mean work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we have a returning guest. Uh, she's a doctor of psychology, the keyboard behind shrinksandgeeks.com. And personally, one of my favorite nerds of all time, Dr. Denise Morales is here. Thank you. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure always. Thanks um, for coming back. How yeah, have I'm you really been excited. lately? Um, good. Uh, I started a new schedule at work and it's really working out for me. Um, nice. Yeah, I have a little bit more free time, longer days, but um, that actually, you know, goes with the topic of today, which is balance. Um, so yeah. that it's mm-hmm. just helping me do that in my own life. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, I know. I think I, I caught one of your uh, D&D streams probably oh, really? like a month or so ago. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah we're just, we don't use, um, we, it's just voice. It's just audio. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, when I catch him, you're usually playing, I don't know the name of the game, but usually it's like a... Five, five Nights at Freddy's? No, it's Dude. A, it's like a top view game and you're like always like fishing and then you go buy bread and then you like gather some things oh um, minecraft no it's mm-hmm. stardy valley yeah that's what it is buy bread <laughs> yeah Dude, that's that's one of the bread <laughs> stardew valley is the game no where you i play that a bread. lot yeah it's a relaxing that's, game. that's usually yeah. what i catch when you when i see that you're on <laughs> awesome yeah um well, fantastic. We're super glad that you're here. And uh, I know you're on borrowed time with us because you got lots of stuff to do. But um, so we'll do a quick little show summary. We're going to be, as Dr. Morales pointed out, we, we're going to be talking about life balance today, uh, which I feel like we can talk about every week if we wanted to. Yeah. But we're making a big yeah, we can. <laughs> um, and the character analysis is going to be on Ehor from Avatar. I'm probably not pronouncing it right. I've never seen Avatar. Iro. Iro. <laughs> there you go. Um, but what does uh, that Igor from Winnie the Pooh? That's what I thought. <laughs> That's what I heard. What? Oh, oh you mean Eeyore? Yeah, Eeyore. That's <laughs> probably how I pronounced it. In Spanglish, um, it's Igor. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? Dave, I, I'm so glad you're back. <laughs> um, Just derailment. Yeah. 
Uh, but uh, Dr. Goku and Dr. Morales, two doctors, go in. One comes out. No. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but why don't you t- we, I, I think we can kind of um, uh, merge our character analysis and our mental health topics. So, uh, Dr. Goku, why don't you start us off? Sure. So, I'm going to start off with the character analysis because it leads very well into uh, the mental health topic for this week. So, General Iroh or Uncle Iroh, as he's kind of known more of the show, uh, serves as the moral compass for Prince Zuko in the Emmy-winning Avatar The Last Airbender that was released on February 21st, 2005 on Nickelodeon. It ran for three seasons and has a follow-up series, The Legend of Korra, which tied up uh, the series' lore and story. The series was created and produced by Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Konietzko. It uh, follows Avatar Aang's journey to master all four elements and save the world. Uh, the character voiced by um, Makoto Mako Iwamatsu uh, for the first two seasons, but following uh, Mako's death, Greg Baldwin took the role for the last season as well as the follow-up in uh, Legend of Korra. So as previously mentioned, um, we already kind of did the episode on Avatar Aang, but I kind of want to go over uh, what the Avatar is. So the Avatar is the bridge between the mortal and spiritual worlds, maintaining balance between um, the two, uh, and also the four nations of the mortal world. The four nations are the Earth Kingdom, Fire Nation, Northern and Southern Water Tribes, and the Air Nomads. Each nation has a, a special few individuals that are able to bend and manipulate their respective elements. The Avatar is the only person that's able to bend all four elements at once. Uh, they are reincarnated at birth in a uh, nation cycle called the Avatar Cycle and are trained from a young age to be the Avatar, which is a very prestigious role. So Iroh has played many roles throughout his life. He's a retired Fire Nation general, a former crown prince for the Fire Nation, a Grand Lotus of the Order of the White Lotus, a firebending master, as well as a mentor to Prince Zuko. He's the eldest son of Fire Lord Azulon and big brother to the current Fire Lord Ozai. A, fire, uh, a powerful firebender, Iroh visited the Sun Warriors to learn the true secret of firebending from the original firebenders, the dragons Ran and Shaw. Returning from his journey, he claimed having fought and killed the last surviving dragon. This was his way of trying to preserve the species, also earning him the title of Dragon of the West. So he didn't uh, actually kill the dragons, he let them live so they could uh, help uh, teach other firebenders. During the 100-year war, Iroh was uh, a renowned general for the Fire Nation and laid siege to the Earth Kingdom capital called Ba Sing Se. For 600 days, they attacked the city and they were able to breach the outer wall, something that had never been done before. During the siege uh, of the inner wall, Iroh's son, Lu Ten, was killed on the front lines. Distraught with grief, Iroh abandoned the siege and was dishonored by the Fire Lord. Following the Fire Fire Lord Azulon's mysterious death, his younger brother Ozai was named Fire Lord, and with Iroh's grief, he did not oppose this appointment. Uh, 
With another disappointment, Iroh set off on a journey through the world and through the spirit world. The journey fundamentally changed Iroh from a ruthless general to a wiser man who wanted to relax and enjoy life. He developed a very strong relationship with his nephew Zuko, and following Zuko's lesson, uh, injury, and banishment, uh, he wanted to help Zuko and viewed him as an adoptive son. For three years, Zuko and Iroh went out at sea looking for the Avatar to no avail. Once Aang awoke, Zuko made it his mission to follow him everywhere in order to try to capture the Avatar and regain his honor. During this time, Iroh tried to help his nephew uh, heal and grow as a person with words of wisdom. Over time, Iroh saw Zuko's anger growing and started to consume him, trying to help his nephew just uh, continue to anger the young prince. Uh, However, unbeknownst to Iroh, Zuko did not take uh, in all of his uh, did take in all of his uncle's wisdoms, which fundamentally changed Zuko as a person by the end of the series. During the series, we see how Iroh's wisdom slowly changes Zuko. Certainly, more after uh, the pair were uh, branded traitors of the Fire Nation, being smuggled to Ba Sing Se with the help of the Order of the White Lotus, Iroh and Zuko started a new life as employees in a tea shop eventually uh, where Iroh was able to have his own tea shop. While Iroh believed his nephew was changing, he was betrayed by Zuko, which sided with his sister Azula. Iroh was captured and imprisoned by the Fire Nation for defending Avatar Aang's lifeless body. While imprisoned, Iroh secretly started to train uh, and recondition his body and strength. Previously seen as the big, jolly, wiser old man, Iroh returned to the feared dragon of the West, however still maintaining his wise wise and soft-spoken nature. During Sozin's Comet, Iroh broke himself out of prison, defeated all that stood in his way, and escaped. Hmm. Zuko later found Iroh leading uh, the Order of the White Lotus to battle the Fire Nation and regain Ba Sing Se for the Earth Kingdom. When Zuko spoke with his uncle to ask for forgiveness due to the things he had done, Iroh quickly hugged his nephew, saying he was never mad at him, but just sad that Zuko had lost his way, but happy that he had found his way back. The siege was successful, and they all uh, retook the city for the Earth Kingdom. Following Fire Lord Ozai's defeat and Zuko's coronation as the new Fire Lord, Iroh reopened his tea shop, the Jasmine Dragon, and intended to spend the re, uh, his retirement serving tea and playing pie show. Iroh's story does not uh, story does continue past the initial series uh, of the show with comics and his appearances in the Legend of Korra. So over time, Iroh stayed quiet at his tea shop. He quote unquote invented bubble tea, and uh, even became interim Fire Lord for a time. In 131 AG, feeling he had done everything in his mortal life, Iroh decided to ascend to the spirit world. We only meet Iroh again in 171 AG, where he helps out Avatar Korra in the spirit world. We see Iroh in the spirit world a few more times, where he helps Tenzin, Bumi, and Kaya, uh, and a second time where he helps Avatar Korra again, where she's feeling lost and wanted to uh, speak with Avatar Aang, but was unable to do so. 
Iroh urged Korra to talk with his nephew Zuko while they start while they started as enemies. Uh, Ang and Zuko grew to be lifelong best friends. So Uncle Iroh embodies many key features of the role of helpers in Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, or what's called the monomyth. His soft-spoken nature, empathy, uh, he shows considerable traits of Carl Rogers' unconditional positive regard, a cornerstone of humanist therapy. With this, Iroh refrains from passing judgment of, Iro, of Zuko's actions and anger, even when Zuko, con is, uh, Zuko constantly rejects his teachings. With some uh, may see that unconditional positive regard as permissiveness or endorsements, uh, the, view, the viewpoint is to not judge someone's emotions, but to help them eventually change their behaviors. We see Iroh do this constantly with Zuko, knowing that to help foster true everlasting change with his nephew, Zuko needed to go through his emotions and through his own journey. For Rogers, he believed that acceptance may create the conditions needed for change. This type of work can be very emotionally draining. Uh, that's why we see Arrow practicing self-care and constant life balance. He gained these abilities over the years and found how to find peace, solace, and how to live his life to the fullest. For some, he may appear as someone that is unmotivated or lazy, drinking tea, playing pie show, or singing. But he's just taking the time that he needs to take care of himself. These tools are what has helped Iroh grieve his son's death, as well as being able to help his nephew through his journey and multiple transformations. So I know uh, not many of you have seen the show, but have you ever heard of Uncle Iroh at all or of the, the humanist or life balance? I used to watch the original show. I mean, I, <clears throat> I don't remember much about it, and I don't remember him being around that much. Back then. So Iroh um, does only play a small part here and there, but every time he speaks, he has those words of wisdom. Small part, big impact. Exactly. Because he, he has that stature of that, that big, jolly, older guy. It's kind of cracking jokes and making uh, mm. those small little anecdotes here and there. So it's kind of like... Uh... Master Roshi from Dragon Ball Z, just light. Exactly. And not as creepy. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, that He's sounds a little creepy? different. <laughs> Master Roshi is not creepy. At He's a little creepy. He's, uh, he's, a lot creepy. <laughs> he's a fun character. He is. He's a pervy character. <laughs> very. He is, he, I'm glad he you said it, and I didn't have to say it. <laughs> but on the topic of... Um, Life balance. Yes. You had mentioned that, uh, Dr. Morales, that you're taking a new schedule at work for life balance. Yeah. And it's really working out for, for me. I know that, you know, I've actually talked to some of my colleagues who um, have different schedules. Um, my particular schedule wouldn't work for some of them. Um, so, you know, I think that in that aspect, we each have our own things that we know would work for us. Maybe that's less hours, more days out of the week. 
mm-hmm. or longer days you know um it's just it just works for me right now um who's to say that next year it'll be the same or if my life situation changes but just you know for this moment that that's what it's that's what's working out for me i think that's another big point when we talk about life balance too is that at any given moment in our lives something that would work for us might not work you know later or something that has worked in the past maybe doesn't work as much um it's something i talk to a lot of my clients about because uh with coping strategies they they often think well i used to do this and it used to mm -hmm. work why is it not working now yeah but a coping strategy only works until it doesn't Mm -hmm. and i guess also the expectation of what what do you mean like it works like what are you expecting it to do um Mm -hmm. i think that's another you know thing to talk about with Mm -hmm. with clients sometimes Mm -hmm. And with ourselves, like, what are we expecting this thing to do for us? <laughs> if we're expecting it to make everything better and mm-hmm. rosy from, from the first time mm-hmm. we do it, then we're setting ourselves up for failure. Exactly. Unrelated, because uh, I didn't chose to do this. When they put me on nights, after I got used to the schedule, um, this is the most rested that I've been in my life in the last 40 years. Wow. And it's because I used to like wake up like around, you know, 10 or 11. I used to get off of work like at two in the morning. I'll play some video games until like four, go to bed and wake up kind of on my own with the sun, you know, like uh, it was like natural sleep for me mm-hmm. instead of having to set up my alarm and go to bed like around 11 or midnight and then have to get up the next day. And, uh, you know, now that I'm back on days, I've been on days for like two weeks, I think. And I can definitely start feeling, I'm starting to feel tired again. It's weird. Hmm. So I guess if I get to, well, there's too many things that I was missing out on nights, but, uh, mm. you know, if it came to like my well being and like, uh, I think that's a good schedule for me. So if I could yeah. choose like maybe some, some like start later during at the day, that'd be like, if I, if it was possible, I think that'd be something I would do. Even if I have to work until like seven or eight at night, but if I can go in like around 10, you know, mm-hmm. that'll be cool. People that yeah. have control over their schedules tend to feel happier mm-hmm. when they, they're able to kind of modify things when they're not so truncated on time. Yeah, more flexible schedules tend mm-hmm. to be better over time. I mean, I, I can personally speak to that because <clears throat> that's me. I can, the people I, the people at my job that I coordinate with are, you know, they're, they're on the other coast. They're, there's a three hour time difference. And honestly, mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of times where I go weeks without talking to them because I don't need to, I work very independently. And um, so I mean, like I can, I can uh, I'm usually up by like five o'clock in the morning, I put in a good hour or so of work, get my kids going a half a cup of coffee with my wife then I work and then like I might stop and like then pick work back up again at six o'clock at night so I mean like having that flexibility and being able to um, engage that on and off when it's convenient or you know of course you know time permitting um, Mm -hmm. is definitely a a relief for me because I've worked in those punch in punch out jobs where you have to be doing this at this time this at that time and that at that time yeah and uh, i've seen the change even for me uh 
when I used to do my practicums, I, I used to do them at a, a federal pen, penitentiary. It's you got to get in by a certain time. You got to go to the morning briefing and it's rush, 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 rush. Now that I have a toddler, things are a little <laughs> bit more complicated, <laughs> but I have more flexibility. So I start scheduling clients a little bit later in the day. So I, I see my first client around nine. So I, I get into the office around 8.30-ish. And it gives me that flexibility of some days I arrive at 8.50. Some days I'm there at 8.20. So I'm not just running all the time. Mm-hmm. And having my, my flex day on the, on the Friday gives me that break. Yeah. I think in this field, that's really helpful. I could easily just power through everything and work so many hours, but well, I mean, you just burn out. I mean, the the other thing with time management, which goes back to Dr. Morales's self care Saturdays or Sundays, I don't remember. Sundays, yeah. Oh my god, it's been a while. It's It's been a while. I need to give you help for that, but um, but that kind of. No, it's but not that's just, part of my self-care. <laughs> not, exactly. not writing as that's much, why you're not here. having as much time for that. <laughs> you're not here, here for us. <laughs> We're here for you. No, <laughs> no but like uh, along with your t- the time management, and like it, for me, it's, um, it's a linked um, issue with like self-care that it's not just managing your time for your tasks that need to be done. Like a lot of people just focus on the career, they focus on their job, mm-hmm. but the in, applying self-care and time management to each other in that it's what you do with your time. Like the, the Goki broken record, the, the oh, I know. <laughs> four pillars, like a parrot. You know, you sleep, eating well, getting exercise, taking time for yourself you know so drinking make, water yeah and and, and, and yeah. you know I, I i think i threw it down the show notes a little bit but like making your own routine for like even if it's something so simple as you know you, if, if you have the opportunity like after you eat lunch you go for a 10 minute walk like having having that like set um activity for yourself mm-hmm. um it, it's it's something that you can kind of look forward to you're like okay well this is my time this is my restful time this is my uh <laughs> my REM sleep but awake time you know like yeah. where my, my body and my mind gets to kind of rest and I just kind of defocus from whatever um rigorous activity whether it be work or you know mm-hmm. t- t- taking care of a child or whatever you know this mm-hmm. is my time to take it easy and take care of myself well a a good example of that is during the the first couple months uh first six months of when my son was born he typically slept in a little bit later just because of the feeding schedule so uh, my fiance and the baby would sleep in a little bit later but i had to go get up and get ready for work so i'd leave just when they were waking up or just prior to so I'd have that maybe 15 minutes or 20 minutes before I had to leave for work, but I'm, I was already ready to go to work where I could just get, grab myself a cup of coffee, just sit on the couch, either watch the news or read a little bit of just that pure silence. 
-hmm. And it just made my day just a little bit better rather than getting up and rushing out the door. It's like, um, there's certain studies that, well, I, I think maybe a lot of studies and I can't cite any right now, of course, Mm. but, um, that show that meditation in the morning is very helpful. And that can, that doesn't have to mean, you know, what we typically would think when we think of meditation, um, just some time to reflect on anything like your life, your, what you want out of your day. Um, just, you know, some alone time, I guess. Well, I I think meditation has this predisposed predisposed conception culturally of like, Oh, we got to a seance and like, no meditation is like, just just calm. Just sitting there and being (laughs) with Look, I meditated, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Because it makes me think of Bill Gates. He had mentioned something a while ago where due to his busy schedule, he would schedule an hour in his workday to do nothing. He can afford it. (laughs) Yeah, he can. (laughs) But he scheduled an hour out of his day, (laughs) out of meetings and out of everything where he said, I just go there mm-hmm. or stay in my office. No one bothers me. And I can think. Yeah. I can come up with ideas. Well, there you go. There's Bill all Gates right. for you. <clears throat> Bill, Bill Gates figured it out for all of us. Yeah. I think if, I think it's uh, maybe a little more realistic that even five minutes is beneficial. Absolutely. I mean, if you could set aside five minutes of your day for contemplation or relaxation or any, just, just quiet. stop. Yeah. Five minutes is better than zero minutes. There it is. And five minutes of not closing your eyes. Like don't go to sleep during it. (laughs) Depending on what state you live in or what country you live in, you might have break times that you're, you know, legally entitled to or, Mm -hmm. and the lunch hour. And where I live, I, and where I work, I always encourage my coworkers, take your full hour. If you finish your lunch early, take the rest of the hour anyway. Don't go back to your office and make phone calls. Uh, there's always going to be work. That's never mm-hmm. going to end. But take these 60 minutes and take your breaks whenever you can. I mean, oh, I, you I, should have, I guess it depends on where you work too, but a couple yeah, of breaks I've, in the I feel the like a broken record with my clients when I say that. But for you, Dr. Morales, how many clients have you had where they said they don't take their breaks because they're too busy? I mean, I've had a lot who don't even have time for breakfast or lunch. So t- taking a break, yeah, that's a, a high percentage. Yeah. <laughs> and of all ages, which is kind of heartbreaking too, it's not just adults. It's a lot of adolescents in high school. They, they don't have time to take breaks or to do anything because of extracurricular activities and homework mm-hmm. and I mean, classes as- and whatnot. As, they, they forget as, to be kids. As as a parent of two children in the public school system, like like my my youngest is in kindergarten, my oldest is in fourth grade, and like I'll tell you, like they're they're there's school load and their schedules just like just at school are just like jam packed. So there's no uh, siesta for lack of a better term, you know. And like I I definitely think in the American culture, definitely like it is. Uh, in my opinion, that's uh, one of the less savory parts of our culture where that like you, 
are just pushed to go, 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 do mm-hmm. as much as you can. It's always quantity over quality. And, but, and, and it's and, creeped up over the years. Yeah, it, it, it really has. And, and there's also like this focus and criticism of these other, you know, um, countries, especially in Western Europe, that embrace that siesta time. You know, from, from two to four, it's, you take a two-hour break and you do your thing. You go to the pub, you go, go, to, go to the cafe, you go back to an hour's worth of work, and then you go home. You know, but like, it is deeply needed. <laughs> I like I like the idea that uh, them starting to go to the four day work week. Yeah, and it's been proven to be beneficial for the productivity and you know quality of life. On top of it, just a couple four twelve hour days or whatnot, and boom, you know, then you got three days off. I mean, just that extra day of relaxation is huge. Speaking of the students, it makes me. Here. Mm-hmm. makes me think of one of my students last year at the, the university and she suffered from significant anxiety and the more we kind of delved into what was going on into her childhood i came to realize that since she was like seven or eight years old she had a schedule and an ag- agenda that was starting at 8 a.m., going till 9 or 10 p.m., booked mm. solid. Wow. Everything was chunked Jeez. up from 8 to 4, you're at school. From 4 to 5, you're doing this. 5 to 6, you're doing this. All of these activities. Wow. Everything was predetermined. It's and intense. I asked her this one specific question of, okay, you were 10. What did you do for fun? Oh, I did all these activities. No. What did <laughs> you do to be a kid? Well, I wasn't. And she carried that over into university. The problem is with some of the university students that I see is one, the transition from high school to university of the increased course load, the freedom and feeling the lack of freedom but feeling overburdened and overworked where they will work from eight or nine till like midnight or 2 a.m. rinse and repeat and just have a horrible life balance. Yeah. Horrible nutrition. They're not taking care of themselves. They're going out on the weekends for free time where they're going out to drink and Mm -hmm. then they come to my office and they they can't function mm. i mean they try so, to pack all that fun in that one weekend and that you know that or that one night really work out. yeah a uh, question to both you dr yoku and dr morales so i mean i think we, we all kind of like when we think about life balance we we tend to think about ourselves we uh introvert it but you know i i think just about everyone especially in like modern society can knows of or knows personally someone who they just 9.9 out of 10 know that their life is not balanced they got Mm -hmm. too much stuff going on they're always stressed out they're having this issue and that issue question to both of you as maybe not not as professionals but like what advice would you give to these people's peers on how to approach them and talk about it 
Oh. Take your breaks. Tough. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I know, I know it's kind of like on a, I know it's like kind of like on a case by case basis, but like Mm -hmm. in the most broad sense, like what's the easiest way to approach and be like, hey, I think we need to like think about this. I have a coworker, and I'm just very direct with her. Sorry. Yeah. No, go. I was saying, take your breaks. Come to lunch. Right. Yeah. Yeah, what that's, that's, say, actually, that's what I tell my coworker that like um, I have lunch with you know with a a coworker and um, she's you know finished her lunch forty minutes into the sixty minute uh, time that she has she's gonna go back to her office and make some phone calls I'm like no take your full sixty minutes do until that sixty minutes is over because you you don't get paid for that anyway. You know, why are you, why are you going back to work? You need this time, especially in this field, because, you know, we do have to take care of ourselves. Um, but and I think anything that you're doing, you're doing an office job or whatever, you, you need that personal time. That's your personal time. At least take the 60 minutes. Because for me at my office, because I work in private practice, uh, we're all kind of on different schedules. Uh, we're all kind of working on our own thing so we don't really have set breaks so i kind of schedule myself lunch Mm -hmm. in between clients when i can so i kind of still have an hour set aside where i'll still eat in my office but there's i i don't look at work i'll I'll either put on like a tv show or some youtube videos while i eat yeah, I listen to K-pop or watch my Asian dramas during my lunch hour if I'm not eating with someone. <laughs> Asian dramas. I'm really into Asian dramas lately. That's my thing. Right What's your favorite now. Asian drama? Right now, I am watching one called The Untamed. It's on Netflix. Oh, I've heard about this. And everyone that, awesome. I know, everyone yeah. that I know that knows of this it just talks about how absolutely amazing oh, it is. It my, is. I'm almost halfway through. how to it they are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's so and, many streaming uh, services coming out now. Yeah. They're gonna have a lot of things to watch. <sighs> yeah, I mean, there's there was a big one that shut down suddenly last year, um, and that was kind of heartbreaking. Uh, but there are <laughs> other places where you can you can watch. But Netflix has recently, I think they're doing a lot more. They're picking up a lot more of those, so that's awesome. A lot more anime too. Yeah, wow. I, I'll tell you, like my kids, that's like all they watch is anime. So I'm, I'm you, like, you got Crunchyroll? The, the, everything. They, they watch everything. And then they'll be like, oh, yeah, well, I watched that when I was a kid. They're like, you're so old. <laughs> you get that too. Uh, I was like, I was like, you Astro realize, Boy? I was like, you realize it's just over a month and a half until Christmas. They're like, I love that. <laughs> I got Dalen. I got Dalen to watch uh, Evangelion and Initial D. And I don't know. Oh, nice. Those are pretty. Uh, I don't know. They're not as obscured as what you guys watch, but like those were mm-hmm. the ones I grew up with and loved. So, pretty excited. You know, I still watch haven't them. watched Evangelion. That was um, someone told me years ago. I need to watch Evangelion, and I still haven't. I loved <laughs> it. I still don't know what happens at the end, but you have to watch Avatar: The Last Airbender too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do they have it on any streaming service? Uh, they have it on Netflix Canada, but I heard that they don't have it on Netflix US. 
Well, I guess I guess I'll be needing that password. I guess (laughs) (laughs) you can make a a VPN. (laughs) Get a VPN. (laughs) We'll have Joe write it off for taxes. (laughs) Give me the info. (laughs) Awesome. Um, But Doctor, did you have anything else on this um, on this topic? Uh, it's a, to- a topic to that we touch on right. so much. And like I said, I'm going to be like a broken record almost every other week talking about balance and self-care. And I'm like a parrot in my office every single day speaking about self-care. I think I spoke about it four times today with clients. Yeah, every day, all the, the time. I think a large part of that is also uh, maybe a large part of that conversation should be about values. Like, um, you know, what, what do you value in your life? Right. Um, And, you know, it's kind of like act like acceptance and commitment therapy, I guess, but, um, but going toward like moving toward our values and self-care should be a big part of that. Um, And, and balance is, you know, that's basically, I think, the overarching, you know, theme of when we talk about values and, you know, where are you in this specific area of life? Because balance is a way to take care of you, but also it will help enable you to function for a longer time. Mm-hmm. It, it makes me think of a client that I, I saw today that I've been seeing for the last year uh, that is a correctional officer that from his father and grandfather was taught that the most important thing in life is to work a man's purpose is to work Mm -hmm. so since the age of like 12 he worked and he routinely worked 60 to 70 hour weeks at the institution being a correctional officer and they don't see pretty things in corrections and now he's in my office a year almost a year in on medical leave with severe post-traumatic stress. And we're getting to the point where he realized that I worked too much. He lived to work instead of work to live. He has no relationship with his children. He has barely a marriage left because all that he did was work. Do you guys think um, that that's partially like, you know, what, a lot of men grow up hearing, you know, that, that like in terms of gender roles and, you know, stereotype gender roles, um, you know, of what you like the function or that you have to be productive or you know, that you have to meet certain, certain uh, things. I would say yes. In my situation, my mm-hmm. mother was a stay at home mom and my father was literally five thirty in the morning till five thirty at night work like every day. I, I would say so. as a child of the 80s and the 90s, I, mean, mm-hmm. I, would, I would definitely, definitely mm-hmm. say so. Like, it was not thought to me, but it was definitely an example. Implied. Uh, yeah, and it was, I, yeah, like, that's how my and dad I think it, it depends as well in where you are in, in the country or in the world. Um, in the West, it's very much pushed on a, a lot of younger boys. Certainly in the more... Uh, country, uh, countryside um, communities. If you're going in the cities, it's a little bit different. But even more so now, it's something I talk to a lot of my um, my students or my younger millennials, where they feel they have to work 
so much hours just because they need to either prove themselves or make ends meet. When I often say, well, what did you do for yourself lately? So I had a, a student come to me, uh, come to my office today. When was the last time you did something for yourself, something for you over the summer? So she, she's a, a fine arts major. So she paints and does projects. And I asked her, when was the last time you painted something for you that you wanted to paint? Sometime in June. The rest of the paintings she did were for school. Wow. Well, I, you know, I, th I think also with, um, you know, as we kind of wrap up this topic that, uh, you know, regardless of where you believe you fall on the mental health spectrum, you know, if, if you do have a peer, a loved one in your life that says, Hey, I think you might want to reevaluate this, that, and the other, um, a lot, of, a, a lot of people will automatically assume that that's a criticism on how they're living, how you're living your life. But uh, criticism has a such a negative connotation to it. So my 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 biggest advice would be is like try your best to keep an open mind and don't look at it as a criticism at a crit as a criticism. I just learned how to speak. Um, <laughs> but, words, words are hard <laughs> words are so hard don't look at it as a criticism on you and how you're living your life look at it as guidance on how you may possibly be able to live an easier life mm -hmm. work smarter not harder exactly yeah, that kind of goes with uh, what somebody asked us in the uh, live chat is how can you achieve this balance and that actually plays into it right there is as a couple of suggestions. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, you just take your time and ha find a way to have that ability to take a step back and look, look at the big picture. Like reevaluate and allocate your time accordingly. You only have so many hours in the day. Uh, maybe you won't be exactly where you want to be in every area of life, but maybe you'll be close enough. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean, you know, you know, when people like reevaluate their finances, they, they write a budget down and say, oh, wow, mm -hmm. I didn't realize, wow, I, sp I spent a lot of money on gasoline. Or, you know, like when mm -hmm. people decide to uh, manage their physical health and they create like a food log, they're like, oh, wow, I eat a lot of salt. Do the same thing mm -hmm. with your time. Be like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm spending 11 and a half hours a day working and I'm only getting paid for eight. You know, I'm only yeah. three hours a day, like, like literally write it all down. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you will like really, I, I, I think if there's an issue, you'll be able to see it right there in black and white pen and paper. Yeah. That, and that's even why. sometimes, go ahead. I'm sorry. Dave. I, I was just going to say, that's why I don't budget or diet. Cause I don't need that. <laughs> 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 I don't need to know. Um, I lost my train of thought. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> I'll come back. No, no, you guys that, come that was really that funny. That's why it... you. <laughs> you guys um, let me talk. You know? <laughs> One thing that happens for a lot of people is they always wait for the moment. Say, oh, the, the moment will come so I can do X, Y, or Z. And if we're always waiting for that specific moment it's gonna pass us by 
sometimes Absolutely. we need to chunk uh, uh, carve out time schedule time to do that absolutely awesome um dr morales do you have to go i know we we had you on a on a strict schedule and i, I don't want to keep you from the stuff that you gotta get gotta yeah get thanks for having me on oh it was absolutely yeah, thank pleasure. you so much for coming back out with us you're yeah. always welcome and we can't wait till the next time Absolutely. Oh, okay. There it is. Next time, two Thank hours. You. How do I leave? <laughs> <Next> <laughs> two hours. I'm looking for the button. We um, locked it. Oops. <laughs> Bye. This is Bye. awkward. Good Bye. night. <laughs> She's awesome. She's uh, always so much fun to talk to. Man, it's like show. when you're in PlayStation and you're like, all right, guys, I'm out. And then you're like, can't find how to get out of the party and or leave the fire team. Where's the button? Like, trying to be quiet. Everybody's like just waiting for you to leave. Or if you're new on PC <laughs> and you're trying to figure out figuring out Steam. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's still an uphill battle. I know. God, I hate Steam. It's getting better, man. <laughs> they got an they got an update for it. <laughs> I got one step closer to playing Destiny on PC. I got Steam installed. I got nice. Now you just need to download Destiny on it. Which is, you know, because you plan. Yeah, I've been planning it out. And I'm but like, you can get New Light. It's all free, like all the way up to current, and you can get max power, all that stuff. You can play yeah, Banner. That's what, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. I just forget to. Quick. I just forget to download because I want to do it when I go to bed. You know that that way I'll be there the next day. But like every Does night. It, I, Destiny 2 on PC is a behemoth of a download. Is it? It's like 120 gigs. I haven't downloaded it yet. 120 gigs? I think it's more than that, actually. I wonder why it's so much. There's a lot there. Well, I mean, it's year three, and there's a lot of content. Well, it's about that on, on PlayStation and Xbox as well. Is it 120? Yeah. Because I remember Battlefield 4 at the end of BF4, I think was like pushing 200 gigs. It's, yeah, it's, no, it's like pushing like 250. It's huge. It, it's Games are getting a lot bigger. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. A lot bigger. It's understandable how, you know, even the uh, directors for, uh, you know, the the masterminds at Bungie say it, it's not going to last forever. They're going to have to make another game just because these games nowadays are just so massive. They're huge. Absolutely. I mean, you can't ask a fan to dedicate 150, you know, gigs of space on their hard drive or on their console and essentially just have one game at a time. I mean... Right. I mean, you can't tell them to do that. Mm. Um, I think it's, it's, I think that's pretty much the end of the topic, uh, Doctor Goku. So, should yeah. we just go ahead and move on to some gaming news? Yeah, what? let's move on to uh, some gaming news. We'll, we'll go with our guests first, Dave. What you've been playing this week? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. it there. You see, I did because the guest goes first. Uh, uh, here. I. <laughs> I've been playing Destiny. Like Destiny is really yeah. good. So I, that's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm How are you liking Shadow Keep. Love it. It's, Have you done the dungeon? 
No, I have not done mm. the dungeon. Actually, this week has been dedicated to Recluse because I'm close. But oh my god, it's been a salty week. Like I'm ignoring the whole game and I'm just playing uh, survival. And I keep almost You're solo queuing, it. aren't you? Yeah, I am. Like I, I need, all you guys went to PC. You're all gone. Yeah, well, if you're coming over to PC, if you get Shadowkeep, <laughs> me and Joe will walk you through the uh, the dungeon. Actually, if you just actually if you just dude, if you just download uh, New Light on PC, I'll grind out Survival with you, and we'll get Recluse. Notice, at night. notice, nobody saying like, "Hey, if you, we'll come over to the PlayStation and help you." Yeah, I see that crap. You see that? <laughs> <That's>, nah, <laughs> it's uh, it, it's full pretty. on PC master once, race nonsense. Once you go PC, PC has the pretty pretty. You know why? Because it's such a pain in the ass to set up everything. You don't want to go back after you got it. It's like, nah, man, screw that. I put my I just, time in. I put 140 hours just trying to get this up. freaking screen right. Now that's right, you want me to go back? No. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm one of the things I'm scared of. No, it's not scared. But I, you scared? I uh, it's the field of view. Like I know, as soon as I get on that scene on the PC, I'm gonna bring that field of view all the way back, and I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm at a, I'm at 105 out. right now. And I'm at 90. Like, and you know, uh, I was playing. Dalen got on Destiny the other day, which was pretty cool because she hasn't played in a long time, and she's been playing Apex, and you can you can change your field of view in Apex. And she got on Destiny, and the first day she's like, I cannot see anything. And I'm like, <laughs> like I can see everything. Like, And she's like, no. And then I, she figured out it was the field of view. And I started looking into it, and I seen pictures of the PC screenshots. And it's like three times as big as what the place yeah, it, It's night and day. So I'm like, I don't want to get spoiled by this gigantic field of view. PC spoils you because when I on uh, BF1 and BF5, you have the field of view slider. And as soon as I learned that, I, I cranked it up and it, well, not to the max on BS5 because you kind of have that fishbowl, but having the extra field of view, it just makes a world of difference. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. I, I think frame rates and all that, like, it's all wasted on me. I'm, I'm slow anyway, so it doesn't. I don't think well, it's gonna, as, <laughs> I don't think you're it's playing six, If yeah, at least if you're getting sixty frames per second, it it makes a big difference as well. I, I was talking to one of my friends. Maybe playing Destiny Two on PC feels like a different game. Oh, it absolutely does. I agree with that. Totally feels yeah. like a different game. But yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna download it. I'm probably gonna buy Shadowkeep at least, mm. so I can I can play on the PC and uh, mm. just go to PlayStation for other games. Yeah, like an example, um, God of War on PS4 on the Pro, you can do the 30 frames 4K or the 60 frames 1080P, and the game plays completely different if you're playing on 60 frames that's probably what my setting is gonna be because my laptop is not new so it's a few years old so i don't think it's i don't think it's gonna be able to do well oh, definitely my screen is two plays on the potato yeah yeah but i think 1080 60 frames is gonna be like my goal 
when I do play it. And that field of view all the way back. I want to mm. see everything. Because one thing that we we had learned, the reason why we can't have the, the field of view slider on, on console for Destiny 2 is due to the memory limitations. Same a, reason why we can't get the... It's because the, the frame rate limit too, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's mostly because of the loading. Like, because uh, you're loading like three times the so amount many, of stuff. So much, so yeah. So it the game would still like it would drop frames mm. from thirty. If it would down it, to like twenty three frames. Yeah. So, so they they limit the, how much it's on the screen. So when you're moving around, it can load faster. Right. But uh, but yeah. So that's what I've been playing for the most part. Kind of, I I want to play other games, but I right now it's just. Destiny's there, and plus I had a buddy from work. He's um, he's playing on Xbox, so, and we've been talking Destiny since 2014 at work all day. And uh, he just bought a PlayStation because his clan yeah. kind of like left him. So I think I, I met him last night, didn't I? Or the night before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, it's kind of cool have, finally playing with him after talking Destiny at work for five years and finally being yeah. with him. You know, I think the the next big thing for destiny because they they have the cross save it's, it's going to be the cross play because i know <laughs> that the new consoles out of hand with that yeah you settle the, down the new console i think it's gonna <laughs> enable that a little bit more because <laughs> the the new modern warfare that came out has enabled cross play between ps4 xbox and pc well, the new Modern Warfare needs to balance its damn game first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what do you mean? <laughs> Claymore's hashtag Activision. Um, but, uh, Dr. Yoki, what, what you been playing? Uh, I've been playing Destiny 2. Uh, <laughs> playing on Shadowkeep. Uh, there's so much to do. Just running through so many quests. I, me and Joe did the uh, the dungeon last week, which was mm-hmm. phenomenal. I was barely doing any damage because I was so so low light. It was comical. It's like I'm. He's immune. I can't do nothing. <laughs> That's hilarious. Just um, look pretty. Put yeah. a well down. <laughs> uh, we gotcha. And uh, Joe, dare I ask what you've been playing? You're gonna see a trend come around this morning. Uh, Hello, I've been Hello playing Kitty the Island Adventure. Uh, man, Hello know, Kitty I don't like Avengers? to say it publicly, but you know. no, uh, I actually put Hello Kitty on hold until I can get my. Uh, you need to detox a little bit. I'm getting <laughs> it's getting out of control. I got to bring it. I got to reel it in. I'm self aware, so I, I'm getting that under control. No, I've been uh, playing a lot of D2, but I've been kind of dabbling in little things here and there. Uh, I have a an alpha downloaded already on my PC for this weekend to jump into and play and uh, for an indie game that we all know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I played a little bit of five nights at Freddy's sister's location with my daughter, my 11 year old. Cause she likes that. Does and she really? uh, yep. She Was likes it? that. Wow. Oh dude. She, she loves watching five you nights, go through it. Five nights at Freddy's has this like crazy cult following. It does. And dude, if you get into the lore of it, it's pretty effed up. I'm, and that's the only way I can describe it. Like my daughter, first out of the box, it's like, oh, this is this is fun jump scare game. She's like, yeah, yeah, you know what's up with these robots, right? It's like, no. 
Uh, they're crazy robots at night and, and like a freaky Chuck E. Cheese. No, no, they're dead kids. They were this and that. And dude, it's this whole thing. Like it is a crazy. Guess we got our next lore. uh our next character analysis. Ah, <laughs> it would no, it's not Freddy. It's actually uh oh god, what's the rabbit? It's a rabbit that's all like chewed up and everything, like decomposing is like the actual like killer that some like got inside this animatronic yeah. and like got stuck. I can't remember the name of the character, but it's jacked up. Like it's a messed up story, but the books, I actually read the books with her too. And it's pretty cool. And they're actually making a movie. It comes out next year, the year after Christopher Columbus is making it. So you're going to have a live action uh, five nights at Friday movie coming out. And uh, Scott Cotton, I think is his name. Uh, the creator of it like rejected two scripts that they wrote because he doesn't want to deviate away from the story, and because the story is that messed up, like it's going to be a little traumatizing, you know, if they keep it the way it is. Mm-hmm. But it's a fun game. They have like seven of them now. I've beaten all of them all the way up to current. So there's two speaking, games I have to play. Speaking of movies and scripts, fun fact I found out yesterday. Um, you know Whoopi Goldberg. Of course. You know the movie Sister Act? Yeah. Well, she's a nun with Harvey Keitel, the gangster. Um, uh, do you know who was responsible for rewriting the screenplay? I, I assume you have vast Sister Act knowledge, Joe. I don't want to... I don't know who made, made that. I want to Christopher Columbus, just to say on that. Who rewrote the screenplay? Carrie Fisher. <laughs> Ah, really? No mm-hmm. way. Yep. Hmm. Fun Which, fact. A lot of people didn't know that, but she almost like ghost wrote a lot of screenplays. And um, but yeah, she like did it completely like privately. <laughs> that movie's getting rebooted too. Probably. Um <laughs> totally is and Mortal Kombat. Awesome. Mortal Kombat's um, coming back out. I have been playing a little bit right down the line, not that much. I've been I've been reading a lot actually. Uh, one of my favorite um, one of my favorite podcasters, Dan Carlin, he does this uh, podcast called Hardcore History, and it's just fantastic. But he wrote a book, and it's called The End Is Always Near, and so I've been reading the hell out of it. It's in it's I'm a big history buff, so this book's all about apocalyptic moments from the Bronze Age to the nuclear near misses. So I'm super into that. But I have been playing a bunch of Battlefield Five. I got back into it, and we can kind of segue into gaming news because um, they released their War in the Pacific DLC finally. So they added the um, uh, U.S. Marines and the Japanese Army into the game, and it's 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 really good. They had two brand new maps and uh they're they're like real real battlefield 64 player maps they're they're huge and they're fantastic um still no canadians well you know what <laughs> you're right the people don't know about juno beach <laughs> uh but yes yeah, still no canadians uh but no it's uh it's really good um so if um it's, you put it's, that in the notes, and I even, like, it wasn't sarcasm earlier. It was, like, I've seen no advertisements on this, like, on oh, this no, DLC. It, it was this. kind of a 
ghost patch. Me neither, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think like EA and Dice like did, um, you know, they they did their advertising for it. But like, if you weren't expecting it to come out in the somewhat near future, you probably wouldn't know about it. And I think they intentionally did that softly because the other big news that came out of EA was that there will not be another Battlefield game till the end of, well, till 2021, which will probably be the end of 2021. So I think, so I, you know, them releasing that information and seeing this, this downloadable content come out around the same time leads me to believe they did it softly to see how the reception was going to be for this. Because obviously that's two years from now. Like they, whenever they release Battlefield game, it's always October and November. Is this uh, free? So, was, a- you, well, yeah. So if you bought Battlefield 5, all of their maps and downloadable content is free. They don't, mm. they don't charge for DLCs anymore. They, they, um, they launched that idea of not charging for DLCs with uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, actually. But yeah, so um, I've been enjoying it. And um, if you have Battlefield Five and haven't played it in a minute, now's a good time to pick it up. I think they had a up. free weekend last weekend. Last weekend, right? yeah. Me, um, uh, one of my best gaming friends, and one of mine and Joe and Dave's old clanmates, uh, he, he hopped on for the free gaming weekend, and it was uh, it was a good time. <laughs> it, was, it was good to play with some old friends. But um, another thing from ea jedi fallen order comes out next week is anybody gonna pick it up i am i'm considering it 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 looks really nice i am it's not gonna be day one but it's gonna i'm gonna get it yeah i'm gonna pick it wait till it comes on sale on steam (laughs) yeah i got too much to do in destiny to think of any other games right now i'm about to take the plunge on dead stranding really really Mm -hmm. see i'm waiting Uh, i'm hearing mixed reviews for death stranding some people really love it and some people hate it. Yeah, I the even it's on the mixed reviews, game. I I am uh, pretty excited for what the people are saying about it. Like, uh, it just seems it's just a big. Op- I'm not a big open world person, but I for some reason I'm really attracted to like the premise of this game. I think the whole uh, the the biggest thing that I'm attracted to is that. Uh, uh, on the last trailer, I kind of picked up that the game is. Uh, I'm having a mental block on what I'm trying to say. Okay, th- so the game, I think the the premise of the game, the 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 message that it's trying to bring is about connecting. It's about connections with yeah. other people, with other human beings. So I am interested in to see how that plays out. I want to. I want to. Like on the last trailer, I caught on to some things that they were saying that actually like made me kind of break break down a little bit, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Oh, my bad. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this this is really interesting." I, I kind of I think it's gonna have an impact on me, kind of like Hellblade did, you know, um, <laughs> because of the the whole connection and everything, you know, like uh, loneliness and like um, all that stuff. I think it's gonna be if you kind of get immersed in it, if they find a way to immerse you and like why you're doing all these deliveries and why you're trying to like reconnect everybody, I think it's going to be pretty powerful, like in a message type thing. 
So regardless of it's not, there's a lot, there's not a lot of action or all that stuff. I still want to like go through the story and see where it's going to take me. The only other One thing, thing I wanted to add, um, speaking of EA, today's N7 day. Yes. Uh, yes. I almost forgot. Yes. It is Mass Effect day. <laughs> and yeah, Mass Effect actually was on around. sale uh, earlier this week on Steam. Yeah. Uh, Mass Effect 1 and 2, the complete editions. Like yeah, five I, bucks. Yeah, I got um last Christmas they had the one, two, and three for a similar sale. It was like all three for like fifteen or twenty bucks. I picked them all up on Steam. I haven't even touched them, but you know they're there. <laughs> See again. Yeah, they're some of my favorite games of all time. Oh, it's so good. Somewhere um, in here I have the uh, collection one, two, and three for the PS3 though, which I, have, I don't have connected anywhere. Yeah, I really wish they would make a like a remaster of those games for current gen consoles. Yeah, well, our our friend Courtney Taylor um, tweeted it out uh, t- today as well with it being in Seven Day. Yeah, oh. She's a a character in it, doesn't she? Yeah, she yeah, yeah she no, she was Jack. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which speaking of, if she ever listens to this, thank you for saying Spiral Racing. <laughs> <laughs> she did that just for you just yeah so you i heard know. it yeah. oh i heard it that's she all you was, got Dave. she seemed pretty disappointed that that's what i asked yeah. I was like, yeah, it, was, it was perfect you know um spiral racing is okay do you ever get like something that gets stuck in your head for like it just comes out of nowhere like a song or a saying or or a phrase that's one of them. Like I'll be like working at work, cleaning some parts or something, and I'm like spare racing. Like it's just <laughs> embedded in my it, head. It's, it's, it's like an earwear, like an earworm. Yeah, like an earworm, and it's just always there. So I'm glad she did say it. <laughs> uh, me and a me me and a coworker. Um, there's only like a couple of us that play on PlayStation. Most of other people play on PC and Xbox, and um, we we get a lot of like younger people like straight from um straight from college and um so they're like 22 23 years old and <laughs> like it's kind of messed with because he also plays red dead and um he'll like move past and be like oh you're a good boy <laughs> yeah, right? um but uh the last piece uh joe you had talked about uh a new game that you're gonna play for free on alpha this weekend uh what game is that that game is actually uh the game that friend of the nonprofit and podcast ken hall and his team have been working on and that is destiny sword is finally coming out so i'm super stoked about it uh i can't wait yep at pax they have uh an extensive we're not supposed to say anything until tomorrow you know uh unfortunately i think life or usa today tweeted out a big thing on it uh today on twitter and they just you know for you know retweeted it so uh this the show won't get released until a couple days down you know down the road you know next week so it'll be well into the alpha but this game is amazing for uh the gaming community because mental health plays as much as a factor as the combat does. And we've had Ken on multiple times. We actually have the composer of the game coming on 
uh, in January, January 2nd, to kick off the year. He's going to talk about the music and everything for Don, uh, Destiny Sword, and some other games he's worked on. And uh, it's really a unique experience. What's, it's free. What, what's great is the first time we had Ken on is that the game was, was barely conceptualized. Yeah. Like it, was, it was just a concept. And so now it's so great to see um, – Finally the, realized what what f- fantastic work his team over there at, at Two Dogs Gaming has done. Um, yep, and especially considering all the work they did with uh, uh, veterans in, in uh, Canada as well in the d- development of the game is is really honorable and uh, very awesome. Yep, and they're actually kicking it off this weekend for Veterans Day weekend, and, so they're releasing the alpha. And can can they get all the information at twodogsgaming.com? They absolutely can uh, at dot com, and also it would probably be for faster information because the website doesn't get updated all the time. Uh, follow their socials. Uh, they're on Facebook. They're on Twitter, Instagram, Two Dogs Games, or Destiny Sword, and you will find it. And this is an amazing like turn based game that plays with multiple like people on your team. And it's so cool. I spent, I played the game at PAX East this past year with Ken and his team. And I spent more time playing with the characters and interacting with them. And they're essentially their pie chart of their emotions and everything, getting them squared away before going into, into the test combat with them. And going into the test combat, you can see the difference because I was like a major dick to them at first, went into the combat, and then I went in after interacting with them for about 10, 15 minutes, talking to three of them, and then going in and seeing the difference of how they, uh, uh, how they, uh, not, I don't want to say reacted, but how they performed in combat. And uh, it was a huge difference. And they actually get more pumped up. They'll talk during combat to pump each other up and psych each other up. Or, you know, if they're negative and this and that, they'll just say, you know, you know, negative things to, you know, pretty much sell that they don't want to be there, but it's a really awesome experience. And uh, this weekend I actually have it downloaded. It's on my PC. Now Uh, this weekend, I'll be streaming uh, at some point, a few times uh, destiny sword to show everybody what the alpha looks like. And their beta has been available for a few months now. And, uh, it's really good. And they've been working with organizations like take this and uh, veteran support groups, uh, Spartan wellness up in Canada, they've been working mm-hmm. with and did a fantastic job. They're just couldn't be more happier for them. Yeah. I'm going to try to give it a try over the weekend as well. Right on. Awesome. I got some bad news. Oh. What? The last of us two is delayed. Yeah. Yeah. We, March. yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with them that's... being delaying it. If they're making mm-hmm. it better, I'm I'm okay with it. It's almost like everything. It's the norm now. It's like, like I feel I, it, the game's you, ready to go. Push it back two well, months. Well, you Did know, they delay the new everyone, Doom as well. They delay it, it, everything. Everyone has that friend that like, hey, yeah, I'll meet you, I'll meet you there at two thirty, and in your mind you automatically add like a half an hour. Because like you know how they operate, you know they're gonna be late. That's how you just have to. That's just yeah, I know that's you. That's just how you (laughs) kind of have to be like video game developers right now. Like whatever they say, add sixty to ninety days to it. (laughs) I mean, essentially, and I mean, 
Last of Us was what announced last year around this time. Yeah. And then we went a full year and now it's going to not be, you know what? It's only a couple more months. Well, the thing was that they announced uh, the actual date for February 20th, like uh, a few weeks ago. Seven days later is PAX PAX East. And then a few, like a week or two later after they announced the the release date, then they they had to uh, uh, push it back until March. So, I mean, that game, it doesn't matter when it comes out. It's still going to be good. Uh, I have confidence with Naughty Dog of they're not going to delay a game for no reason. No, it'll feel good when they release it. And obviously it'll look good. Their story, I think, is going to be a hell of a lot deeper. Oh, yeah. A hell of a lot deeper than the first one. I want, what's his name, Neil? Was it Neil, the main character? Joel. 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 I don't want him cut out of it. I don't want this all about the girl, even though she was like the main focus. He was the character we played the most. And it the, seems the like last, this one's going into that. The last her. trailer, he was in it, right? I oh, think yeah. he, he walks in. in on her. Yeah, He walks in and he says, uh, do you think I was going to let you do this on your own? Yeah. And then you cry. And then you like cry some more. Wait, do you and cry? Like, or the game cries? Yes. Yeah, the games. Me? <laughs> no. Here's an emotional trailer, yeah. Joe. Actually, what I don't want to sideways or anything on this, but did anybody see the Diablo 4 trailer? I did, yeah. No, Holy I freaking hack. I've also never played a Diablo game ever. I Me neither. <laughs> Diablo 1 and Diablo 2 was my my game back in the day. Yes. Same. Dude, yes, absolutely. I was playing Diablo One on my first PC that had what was it, sixty-four megabytes of RAM. How do you remember this? I mean, really? Well, because of what Sentinel just said. I had a hundred and (laughs) thirty-three megahertz processor. I I had a Dell playing Diablo One. It was a Dell or an E machine, and we had a network of four computers in the house, like all four corners on the two levels. So we could all play Warcraft together. And I've had this conversation. My old man would smoke all of us, like me, my brother, and my best friend against him. And he would rock all of us all at the same time. He's the type of guy that would put, when he played by himself, he would put eight to 10 PC enemies against himself and he would win. Like he was just disturbing, but Diablo, dude, it's such a gorgeous freaking trailer. It's like nine minutes long and it is dark as it's Diablo, like not Diablo three, what they released before. This is like really dark. Like it's got tones from the first game that I really love about this. It's going to make me play this. The first Diablo was kind of that something is off here vibe type of thing yeah now you're a little more aware of what's off i mean demonic yeah. you know dark and this and that but i like also the fact that it's a instead of like a couple people wandering through it's a huge mmo now oh, so now a, you could have MMO? like 10 people go into the dungeon or take on a like a world boss all together like i'm really excited to see what more comes from this like i'm i'm probably gonna buy so they take the cues of like wow 
and kind of mixing it with uh, Diablo? Or? We're going to have to see. They're, they didn't release all too much about it. So I'm Is there a until... gameplay on the trailer? A little. Uh, not on the trailer, but there is a separate gameplay trailer where you can okay. see them. Like, like you see, I think it's like 10 different people coming in to fight a world boss. And that's pretty much what they were kind of highlighting, that this isn't like a one to four player, like going through the dungeon. I mean, you're going to come across people going on their own quest, like World of Warcraft and stuff. So Diablo has a lot of influences on Destiny. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I remember when, uh, when Destiny first came out and it was going through that where everybody was kind of like, what, what happens now and all this stuff. Uh, there was a somewhere somebody posted some news, and I remember that the. Bungie devs were meeting up with the Diablo or the Bethesda, right? Who who makes it? No, it's um, uh, Blizzard. Yeah, so they were meeting up with them about, you know, like getting, like bouncing ideas off of them and all that stuff. And then they came back and they started making Destiny, but like Destiny One Vanilla. They started actually like uh, get it started getting a little better. So I remember reading about that. Because Diablo 3 didn't start off too well, but then they patched it and made it so much better. Yeah, I think a lot of the loot system that mm-hmm. Destiny developed in Destiny 1 came from a lot of the, the talks that they had with them. Hmm. Very cool. Well, I'm not going to tie us up on Diablo. I just wanted to bring it up. It was just like, <laughs> well, they, we'll nerd out, they, man. <laughs> they announced Overwatch 2 as well at BlizzCon. Yeah, that's where that you ever be like watching late night TV and you see like a movie that's like, ooh, this is pretty good. And then like you're like just curious, like switch the channel to see what else is on. And you just immediately just switch right past like like uh, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. It's like, yep, nope, click, click and go to the next station to see what's on that one before you go back during the commercial. It's kind of like that. It's a terrible example, but I was never into Overwatch like Apparently, ever since the announcement, like their population has dropped down until more news comes out on two. But go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. I've I've never been. Overwatch was fun when it first came out. I know it's a really good game. It's just not for for me. Or you have to play with a team. Mm. What if you're a lone wolf? <laughs> then it's gonna hurt. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Okay, Lord Saladin. Lord Saladin. <laughs> um but uh I think that kind of wraps us up this week. Um before we do our stuff, I know Dr. Mouse had to leave early, but um anyone can reach her either on our website, you can see all our cool stuff there at strengthsandgeeks.com. Or you can reach her on Twitter. Just um, she's just at Super Saiyan DRM. Um, but thanks for um, joining us this week. You can reach us everywhere: Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, Facebook, uh, everywhere. Just at Guardians MH. You can uh, find us on our website, GuardiansMH.org. Um, if you like what you hear and you uh, like what we our, our programs are about we do have a patreon set up that go and all the funds go towards developing mental health programs patreon.com slash guardians mh but um that is all 
Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, everywhere you listen to podcasts, just at uh, Guardians MH Podcast. Um, Joe, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me in 47 different Discord servers. And, down to 47. Uh, down to 47. Did you them all? <sighs> I did. And you know what? I utilized the folder thing that Discord enabled at the beginning of the summer where you can make folders now so you can take four channels and put them into one folder mm-hmm. so dude it's so much more organized now but doing that it was i cu- i counted by multiples of four so four eight you know went through uh but seven folders uh i didn't count the folders i counted the individual servers don't screw me up i'm trying to get this out <laughs> and then you can find me on twitter at average joe 227 yes i'm that average joe that has numbers at the end and i'm proud of it that's it He's frame number 227. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Yoku, yourself. Uh, they can find me everywhere on the internet at SSJ5Goku28. And Dave, now that you're not in goddamn purgatory anymore, where can people <laughs> find you on the internet? <laughs> I'm still at you, Dave, everywhere on the internet. The one and only. Short, sweet. You know, while you were off, Alex went longer than than that with where you were. I heard him. I heard him. You heard him. It's because I missed you. I was trying. Um, I I was trying to come up with something cooler, but I don't think there's no 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 weird uh, social media out there anymore. Snapchat's pretty weird. I heard. Now, now's the TikTok. TikTok's the yeah. TikTok. You know, it. that's the one that I never sign up for. Like, uh, I'm not on TikTok. So don't look for me there. He's got a phantom TikTok. Account. For real, don't. Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> don't. Don't. Bougie Dave 328. You can find me just uh, um, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, everywhere. Just at Sentinel Dad. Extra D on the end for Twitter. And that is all this week. And we will see you next time. Bye. Good night, everyone. See ya. Good night. The opinions expressed on the Guardians MH podcast are not necessarily the opinions of Guardians MH. The resources at Guardians MH are not a substitute for professional treatment. If you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please text 741-741 to the crisis hotline or contact your local emergency number or dial 911 as soon as possible.